Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Jersey Boys Podcast on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network, powered by SB Nation. Your host, Dave Sturgeo, alongside nationwide comedian Brett Ernst, his brother, America's fan, Keith Ernst. And, of course, today, it wouldn't be a Jersey Boys Podcast without a Jersey boy in the house. We have former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Jesse Holly. Jesse, what's going on, man? What's up, man? That's right. I am, I am a Jersey boy through and through. What's up, fellas? What's going on? What's, What's up, going man? on, man? So obviously, this connect. I I made this connect through uh, a coach of yours, uh, Coach Lou Grasso. Hits me up. He sees that I'm doing a, a couple bigger things on the side. I got a, a new business, Chop Sports, and he's like, "Hey, listen, I got I got connects everywhere." I said, "All right, great." And then he found out that I wrote for the Cowboys Wire, and he goes, "Oh, I didn't I didn't know you're a Cowboys guy." I'm like, "Yeah, man. I, I've been writing for the Cowboys for two years now. I'm doing my thing." And he goes. I know Jesse Holly, and I was like, "Wait a minute! How, how do you know Jesse?" He goes, well, "I was his coach." <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about Coach Lou Grasso over at uh, where was it? It was um, Abraham Clark High School in Roselle. Roselle High, yeah. So, so he's actually Little Lou. Right? Yes, <laughs> he's he's Little Lou. Big Lou, his dad was my head football coach, right? And, you know, uh, uh, Gross has been around football his whole life. And so we kind of almost came up together. Like, when you look at it, Gross was probably about maybe four or five, six years older than I was. And he was, like, coaching high school football. <laughs> and I love the Grosso family. Like, I, I, when I tell you I love the Grosso family, when you start talking about, like, your lineage and how that person got to a certain point, I don't get to where I'm at without the help of the Grossos, right? And then – one of the biggest things that they did, uh, Lou Grosso's mom um, was an assistant principal. And at her school, I needed a tutor for my SATs. Okay. I didn't get the grades. All the scholars, I had, I was an All-American, all the scholarships. If I don't get these SAT scores. It's, it's a wrap. Yeah. It's just a wrap. It doesn't care. And NCAA doesn't care how fast you can jump, how high, all that kind of stuff. So Miss Grosso was like, I have a lady at my school who does SAT prep. You, you're going to come every day before or after practice, and you're going to study because you're going to get these SAT scores right so that you can go to school. And that's like, you know, and I did it. Her name was Miss Cigarelli. Mm-hmm. And I went and I saw Miss Cigarelli every single day, and I got the scores that I needed. But, I mean, the Grossos have been a part of my life forever. One of the one of the funniest stories, Lou and I almost got into a fight, right? I was I was a hothead teenage kid mm-hmm. and we're getting blown out uh in north plainfield and as i'm coming off the field he says something to me and i say something back and we're like nose to nose on the sideline but that was the relationship that we had i was a terror in 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 school and his he taught health 
And I was like, right. terrible in his health class. And but that's my guy. That's my guy. I love I love Lou. I love little Lou, Big Lou. I love everything. All the entire Grosso family. That's my guy. Yeah, man. So I was real excited when he put us in contact. And I was like, of course. You know, there's so many memories that we have as as Cowboy fans. You know, with with your time with the Cowboys. But then, like, talk to me a little bit about. You said, you know, you had to get the grades and whatnot. I know Brett had a question. He was wondering about the walk-on status. Now, was that well, a... I, I, was, I was just... I think it's impressive, man, uh, that you walked on uh, you um, the basketball team in college and then how you got on the Cowboys. I just, I just think it's a testament, man. I mean, I was curious, though. Did you walk on for football as well? But you already answered that. You had scholarships coming in, so you just had to make the grades for football, huh? No, I, actually, I was I was an All American in both sports coming out of high school in, in football and basketball. Um, so initially, here's what happened. One of the things, and, I, and I'm, I'm so I'm so, and I don't want to say this like arrogantly, but I was so blessed that I really could choose my my school. Talk about talk about Grasso was with me. My first scholarship offer, he was with me. We were at the University of Maryland. Okay, Ralph was the head coach. He and his wife, little Lou and his wife drove me to Maryland for this, like this junior day. And I got offered on the spot. It was the first, I, it was the craziest thing ever. I was like, wait, what? I'm like, what is it? I'm like, asking her, like, what does this mean? He's like, I think they just offered you. Wow. Fellowship. And I was like, like to come here. He's like, yeah. I'm like, Oh my God. It was one of the weirdest things ever. But at the time, Roy coach Williams was still at Kansas Matt Doherty was at North Carolina. Uh-huh. Matt Doherty was actually recruiting me at North Carolina. He actually saw me. There was another kid that I played AAU ball with. The kid with name was Mike Nardi. He went to St. Uh, Patrick's. Okay. Ended up going to Villanova, playing for Jay Wright. Um, and, that, and, and that squad, we actually beat that squad in the Elite Eight, I think it was. I think it was Elite Eight. We beat Villanova. They had Randy Foy, Alan Ray, that whole, that whole squad. Um, and they were coming to see Mike, Mike Norton, mm-hmm. the best point guard in Jersey at the time, with Kevin Boyle at St. Pat's, and I scored forty five. Holy shit! <laughs> and they were like, and we were down twenty in the first half. I scored forty five, and we won the game. They were like, "Who's this guy?" <laughs> you know, I started getting calls and interest from North Carolina. So then the football scout second. I got interest from Carolina basketball first, then football came. At the time, I was like, uh, you know, basketball, I know about. College football at UNC, I don't quite know about that. So what I did was I made UNC, like, kind of lower my list, and I went to visit Ohio State because um, I was trying to find programs that was, like, pretty good in both sports that would let me do both. Yeah, options open, yeah. yeah. Right, so I, I went to – I did an official visit to Ohio State, official visit to Michigan State, and I, I scholarship to both of them. Um to UVA because I was dating this girl and she went to she ended up going to, to a school in, in Virginia and I was chasing that you know you chase that booty sometimes so I went on a visit to UVA and then a, and I made Carolina my last official visit because I was like well I should have a you know Ohio State or Michigan State I should probably pick between one of those two before you know um, I get to Carolina and then I didn't have a decision made and my grandmother my grandmother said. Uh, these guys keep calling from North Carolina. Like, are you going on this visit? I was like, ah, no, nah, I'm not going. She said, yes, you are. Mm-hmm. She said, I don't want to go. 
She said, you're, you're going to be a man and you're going to go on this visit because you told them that you were going to go on this visit. If you didn't want to go, you should never tell these men that you wanted to go. So even if you don't like it, you're going to be a man of your word and take this visit to North Carolina. They laid out the red carpet for me. <laughs> I, I had a basketball game that day and the day that I left, I remember my girl was taking me, I was like, well, we had to go to North Airport, right? She said, no, we have to go to Teterboro. Now, here is this, here, here I am, this 16, 17-year-old kid from, from Jersey, from Roselle. I don't, I don't know much about I'm like, what the hell is Teterboro? Why are we going to Teterboro? That's some airport I don't know about. Well, I didn't know that I was flying a private jet. Oh, Jesus. I get to Teterboro, and there's a private jet waiting on me. I get inside. It's like peanut butter interior. The North Carolina emblem is like stitched in a headrest. I get on. I mean, there's. North Carolina, everything. There's jerseys in there with my name on it. Oh it is T-shirts. There's teddy bears. There's balloons. There's this huge fruit basket, this cookie basket, and it's just me. I'm on this private jet with it's just me from Teterboro to Chapel Hill. To, and Jordan, to- Jordan comes out of the bathroom. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I know, right? And so, and so, and so that's, that was my visit to North Carolina, and it, it just felt right. It just When I got off the plane, it was one of the time I had, like, one of these, like, those you know those black security jackets with the orange inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Black jackets. And as soon as I get off the plane, they, like, rip the coat off of me, put me in this leather <laughs> bomber with the NC logo on there. It's just, wow. it's just like, and I had breakfast with Dean Smith. Uh, oh, wow. So uh, I had breakfast with Dean Smith um, and all this crazy stuff. So in this, this whole process, Matt Doherty ended up getting fired. Mm. And so I was like, oh, I was like, I'm going to pull my commitment back from North Carolina because they fired Matt Doherty. And we had this agreement that don't take the basketball scholarship because you only get like eight or ten take the football scholarship because you get, you know, it's like 40, 50 of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you can just walk on up. We have an agreement to just walk on so that we can save a scholarship instead of giving one to you. And so I did it. And then when Matt got fired, I was like, Whoa, what does this mean now that this Roy Williams guy, like, what does this mean? I don't, he doesn't know me. I don't know him. We get on this conference call and Roy's like, listen, I didn't recruit you. I don't know you. He said, but, what I am going to do is I'm going to honor the commitment that the previous coaching staff had with you. He said, but you will earn everything that you get. I said, coach, if you just give me a fair shot, I promise you it'll be worth it. I said, but I I said, I need a fair shot. And he's like, you got it. And they honored it. And that's why I continue to, that's why I continue going to North Carolina because of that. They honored that, that, that same agreement that I had with Matt Darty. That's excellent. What an excellent story, man. Jeez. I was going to say, you probably, you know, you had all these visits to all these other schools and then you get on this jet plane and you forget all about everything else. Because- I'll tell you this. My, my, the jet was like the icing on the cake. Michigan State, I'm not going to lie. If they, if Michigan State had not, at the time, they had, of course, I love Tom Izzo. Mm-hmm. Right? Love Tom Izzo. And he's and- at the time, they had uh, they had a black head coach. Uh, I think it was Williams. I think his last name was. And I was like, this is a perfect – I love Tom Mizzle. They had a black head coach. Charles Rogers was like the receiver that was there. I remember. Yeah. He was going. He showed me a fantastic visit. And so everything was lined up for me to go there and kind of be the incumbent to, uh, to Chuck Rogers. And when they fired him, they hired Mike D'Antoni. Oh, I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> 
not Mike D'Antoni. What's the other, what's the coach's uh, name? Um, I was gonna say. Oh, uh, his name is like D'Antoni or something like that. Uh, all right. Uh, but he comes and he has like this. He comes to Roselle. Now again, I'm from Roselle. I've never been anywhere like really outside of the city, right? Of Jersey or New York. And he comes to my school and he has his cowboy boots on. He has like this ten gallon hat on. And I'm like, the hell is you? What is this country do? Like, I just know where I'm going. Like, if you're if you're the coach, I'm. I don't understand this country stuff. I don't know this country stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not going at all. And so he just <laughs> walked me just the wrong way, just with his country ways. And I laughed today because I live here now in Dallas, Texas, and I love it. And I turned out offers from Texas, from Oklahoma, from Texas, wow. Texas TCU, and I'm like, you idiot! But because the thing is, I, I didn't know anything about Texas. I didn't know. What, I'm like, I don't know about Texas. You- would you change anything or would you, do you ever think of that and think, you know, I know, I know you love, you know, where you went and right. life plays out the way it plays out. But if you were to do it differently, other than the school that you chose, which would have been the one you chose? I would have given, I would have given the Texas schools more love. Okay. Hands down. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the Texas football. I mean, there's nothing like it. <laughs> you know I, mean? I, would, I would say South Florida football, but that's okay. <laughs> These guys are both plantation boys. Let, let, let me give you a quick story about the University of Miami, who was recruiting me as well. And I wanted to go to Miami. Like, Florida State and Miami were, like, the two schools I wanted to go to. Florida State never recruited me. They were like, listen, son, no need. We're not, we're not, we're not coming to New Jersey for you. Randy Shannon comes to – and you can ask Grosso this. Okay. Randy Shannon comes to the school, right? It's like December. And I'm sitting in the coach's office. He comes in and he sits across from me. Now, I don't know who he is. Clearly, he doesn't know who I am because we sat in this office. I'm on a computer playing um, like Candy Crush or something (laughs) on on Big Grosso's computer. And he sits across from me and we're sitting in this office, no lie, 20 minutes. And we don't say a word to each other. Finally, Big Grosso comes in and he's like, Coach, how you doing? He said, How you doing? I'm here to see Jesse Holly. I turn around and he's like, Coach is like, that's Jesse Holly. He's sitting right there. <laughs> we sat there for 20 minutes. So the, here's how the conversation goes. Now, little Grosso's already like, hey, I'm gonna go up to the office. I'm gonna prep them. Cause I'm go- if, if Miami would have offered me, I would have been gone. I'd been like, I'm committing today. So Little Grosso goes up to the to the he's like, I want to make an announcement after you're done with this meeting, because they're gonna they didn't come this way not to offer you. If they offer you, you're gonna go, right? I said, absolutely. So they come and I'm talking to Randy Shannon. And Randy Shannon's like, listen, I left the state of Florida in the dead of winter to come to New Jersey for two players. For you, and it was a defensive lineman out of Irvington. And he said, um, I don't have to leave the state to find recruits. People wanna come to the U. And it's how he's talking to me. Like, now, I've been, I've been on a lot of visits now, a lot, talk to a lot of coaches. Mm-hmm. None talk to me like this, right? I'm like, they're all kissing my butt. And, and Randy Shannon's like, the you, the you, if you want to be a part of a championship, come to the you, come to the you. I'm like, coach, I really love Miami. I want to make you guys an official visit, yada, yada, yada. And then I go, but I also want to play basketball. And he's like, like, skirt, and break street. <laughs> and he's like, basketball. Oh, man. So, yeah, coach, basketball. He goes, won't be no basketball playing at the U. I said, huh? He said, you're going to play football or run track. You ain't playing basketball at the U. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. 
I said, coach, man, like I'm, I'm really good at basketball. I really want to make, you know, basketball. I'm not saying I could do it for four years, but I do want to give it a shot mm. and see how it works. He said, if you want to give it a shot, you go somewhere else. But at the U, we're all about football. And I was like, and so he was like, so basketball is on your, on your mind. Maybe the U isn't for you. Jeez, man. Man, Talking crazy to me. I was just like, my jaw was dropped. I was stunned. He leaves. Little Grosso comes running in like, let's go. Let's make the night. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, about that. (laughs) What? I was like. Yeah, it's, it's not going to wow. happen. That's, a, that's crazy. It's just, not yeah, it's just crazy how schools like like North Carolina wine you and dine you, and then there's you like, hey. The arrogance. Yeah, the arrogance. I just like, wow, man. That's a, And that's Brett's. Those are Brett's boys, man. He's a big you guy, right, Brett? <laughs> yeah, so is my brother. We all are down here, first they of all. Second of all. Second of all uh, national championship in what, 01 or 02? Yeah, yeah. So state with an 02? Yeah. So they're coming off the heels of that, right? This is this is. I didn't graduate to 03. so this is coming off the heels of winning the national championship. So yeah. they're they're like feeling themselves. Mm. Shannon, just, he was still like an assistant. It was still Larry Coker was the head coach, and I was just like, he was like, I don't have to leave my state to come for. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! So look, you make you make the choice. You, 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 oh, go ahead, Brett. I was going to ask Keith. Keith, uh, how was your recruiting visits at Uppsala? My, my yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. I was trying to get that in there. That, yeah, I, the same thing happened to me, Jesse, with community colleges and. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'll have you know, I'll have you know, Jesse, that that Keith Ernst uh, has a record: uh, twenty-one tackles in one game. Yes, in high school, twenty-one. You know, I know. So we have a lot in common. <laughs> So we don't, I didn't talk to anybody, so we don't have a lot of. I like to break my brother's balls, but uh, he he was I think he was second team all county in Broward in South Florida, Something but like the it. kid had no grades at all. <laughs> yeah, that's why I mean, I'm laughing at you, Jesse. I was the same one, way. Six. Oh, what did, what did, what did your, your whole your whole class was awful. I think their valedictorian <laughs> had like a two two or something. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad, <laughs> and you still SAT, couldn't do it. I remember because you get like 200 points for just writing your name down. I always remember that. So I'm like, if I write my my name six times, is that? Like <laughs> but you, they only they only give you those points if you feel like bad in the other areas. Like so, you don't get those like off the top. Like that's the. Gotcha. That's the yeah, yeah, yeah. I scored an 880 twice. <laughs> so, so I scored. I needed an 820. I scored an 845. I like, you take it again. I said, hell no. Let me I tell you. I'll tell you one more quick uh, Ohio State story. Please. Story. Santonio Holmes. Right? I was just going to ask you about him. Go ahead. Okay, so Santonio Holmes is my host at Ohio State, and I really had liked Ohio State. They were on TV all the time in our area, right? And I and I wanted to go to a school where I was far enough away from Jersey where people really just couldn't pop up on me, but close enough where my grandmother and brothers could probably still drive to see me play and be on national TV. Mm. So. I, I go to Ohio State, and they like they love me, right? They love me at Ohio State. They're like, yes to basketball, yes to football. Hell, if you want to be a painter, yes. <laughs> just come. Whatever it takes, just come. So I get there, and um, Santonio Holmes is my host. And like they normally do, they put you around girls. They take you to these parties. Now, Ohio State was my like my third visit just because of timing. It was like Virginia, Michigan State, Ohio State. Um so I had already kind of picked up on that coaches give the players money 
to kind of wine and dine you, right? It's okay. Not illegal. That's it's their not way. That's their way around it. Yeah. Right. So they like they give the players the money and they're supposed to take you out wine and dine you. Now I know this because the previous two places, they all gave me the money. They were all just like here. Like Charles Rogers didn't need the, the couple hundred dollars that they had given him. He was like, yo, here. Here's, here's the money they gave me to give to you. Let's just go have a good time. Mm. Um, same thing um, uh, in Virginia. So I get to Ohio State, and you know they you have dinner, they all this kind of stuff. Then they're like, "All right, Santonio, you guys go ahead and have a good time, be safe." So now I'm like, "All right, cool. Here's where Santonio's probably gonna give me this money and tell me, hey, here's the money that they give me." Da 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 da. da. Right. He doesn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so now we go to this party. I'm really not. I really. Not, I don't really understand like the Greek life, like you know, like the like. This. So we go to the. <laughs> And I don't understand that quite just yet. Um, again, I'm not exposed to this in Roselle, New Jersey, about right. what a fraternity is, sorority is, you know, especially the black ones. And so we get to this party, and it's live. I mean, it's packed. It's live. I'm with Santonio Holmes. We, I mean, we go right in. So we get in there, and he's like, hey, man, stay right here. I'll be right back. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. So I stay right there, and a fight breaks out. I mean, a brawl breaks out. And I'm watching this brawl break out. Cops into the party. Everybody has to go. Mm-hmm. I'm standing here 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Still no Santonio. Huh? <laughs> oh, my God. Did he leave you there? 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Now the cops are like, hey, are you with the DJ? I'm like, no, sir. He's like, well, you got to get out. I'm like, I don't know where to go. He's like, what? <laughs> I said, my name is Jesse Holly. I'm here on a recruit visit. I'm at the Omni Hotel downtown. And I don't know where my host is at. I don't know how to get anywhere around here. The cop put me in the car and took me back to the Omni hotel that night. I'm livid. I call the coach like that. night. I'm like ringing his phone like crazy. I'm like, I want to go home. I want to go home right now. So I'm going home. Somebody, he's like, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's just, can I make it right to you in the morning? Morning time comes. I won't tell you what coach it was, but he takes me to the mall and he's like, I'm on a shopping spree at the mall. <laughs> but I'm like, at this point in time, I'm like, there's no way I'm coming here. If they treat me like this now, there's no way I'm going to come here because Antonio Holmes would have still been there. Fast forward to we're playing the, I think he's with the, with the Jets. We're playing the Jets, right? And it's pregame and I go up to Santonio Holmes. <laughs> Wait, is this the first time you've seen him since? First time I've seen him oh since. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't see Antonio Holmes anymore. And I go up to Santonio Holmes. I said, what's up, bro? He said, what's up, man? I said, you don't remember me, do you? He said, nah. I said, my name is Jesse Holly. I said, you owe me about $250. <laughs> I said, I was your, you were my host when I came to Ohio State a couple years ago. And he's like, oh my God. He's like, bro, I want to apologize to you. He said, but I could not let you come to Ohio State. I said, what? He said, man, it was my turn. He said, I have already had two kids and they really liked you a lot. And I didn't need anyone getting in my way. Wow. My starting position. And he's like, so that's why I left you. And then after the game, he gave me a hundred dollars. You're still $150 short. That is hilarious. Wow. So crazy is that I, I know again, that was the game before that Niner game behind you. Yes. Sunday night. 9-11. Yeah. I was at that game. I was at that game actually. Um, All right. So 
first of all, San Antonio Holmes, worst wingman ever. For, like, Jesus yeah, Christ. Oh, <laughs> right? I don't know. Not hanging out with him. Man. But, all right, so you're, the, the come up, the North Carolina, you win the national championship. And I'm not trying to omit that. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying a great term with North Carolina. When did you actually say, all right, it's football for me? Um, After that championship. Yeah, okay. After the championship, I was like, all right, now it's because I, I, it was taking a toll on me mm-hmm. of, of being a student. And then because basketball and football like are back to back. Right. And so like, I would play basketball. I would play football. If we went to a bowl game, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a New Year's Day bowl game. It was like, you know, a December bowl game. Right. But playing that game, take about three or four days off and then come right to the court. Wow. And so, you know, in, in football, you know, I'm doing all this weight training, trying to bulk up. And I lose it all during basketball because I'm at Carolina and all we do is run and gun. So it's like I, I bulk up to 215, 217, 219, and then I go play basketball. And then I come back after uh, after the season is over and I'm 205. Jesus. You know what I'm so it's like I got to spend all summer bulking back up again. And the year that we won the national championship, no lie, I was, I would, we were playing like, you know, it was like Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday for the tournament. Mm hmm. But when I got back to Chapel Hill, I was still going to do football spring meetings. Wow. So I would do basketball practice, football spring meetings, basketball practice, football spring meetings, vice versa. And then we won the night. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, my freshman year, it was great. I can run all day. My sophomore year, I was like, this is great. We had an opportunity. I was like, I just, I, 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 I you, you can't go pro with that much Right. That's, that's, that's a lot on the body. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm big onto MMA and like these guys, when they cut weight over and over again, like that's not healthy. Like you can't do that. If you're, if you're planning to go pro, it's like time to focus on one. And I said beforehand, I started doing the math and I was like, yeah, it's probably not going to be basketball because I love basketball that much. And I probably would have started if I would come back my junior year, I would have started on that team. Um, but I just like, Football is going to be the way to go, so let me go ahead and, and commit to that 100%. And I did, and, you know, it, it worked out for the best. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So you so answer- if you had your pick, if you had your pick, it would have been to be a pro basketball player first when you were younger and then football second. I hated like I hated football for a long time. Like I didn't I didn't want any contact. I, people had to make me play football. I love basketball. I practiced basketball. I played in basketball tournaments. I played the AAU. I just did football. No lie, I did football because there was nobody else to get in trouble with because they were all at football practice. So I just went to football practice so that we can get in trouble on the way home. 
Like, you were bored. So it was like, and, you know, no one wants to get in trouble by themselves. Right. So it was like, everybody's like, well, we're going to play pop water. We're going to play football. I was like, well, I guess I'll go too. And we'll get in trouble on the way home. We'll do stuff on the way home to get ourselves in some trouble. Right, right. So obviously, you make the choice. You go, you, you know, choose football. The draft comes and goes. The Bengals take a shot at you. Um, but talk to me. I mean, we're both, we're all, I mean, look. Brett and Keith are big you guys. Obviously, we're all Cowboys fans here. The experience of being on Michael Irvin's fourth and long, that like that, that had to just be, first of all, surreal to be in your position to get an opportunity. I believe Keith tried out too, but he failed. So then, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, but talk to me a little bit about that experience. The audition, I, remember, I knew I knew your face from somewhere. <laughs> I remember seeing you there, man. God, I knew that face. I, it was the dimple. I knew the dimple from somewhere. <laughs> Sorry you didn't make it, bro. <laughs> so you win that, but what's that experience like before, you know, things get a little crazy in the NFL, getting there, you know, like the journey there was obviously a lot different than a lot of these guys coming up. Well, well, let me tell you, like, you know, the whole Cincinnati Bengals thing, I was there first. Right. Um, and, and that was a dumb move by me as well. Like that was just, that was an irresponsible move for me to even go. Because after the draft was over, like I was a preferred um, undrafted free agent and the phone was ringing crazy. I think I had about like 10 offers as soon as the draft ended. And the top three offers that I had was Cincinnati, the Ravens and St. Louis. And again, this young kid from Roselle, poor kid. I, I chose the money instead of the situation because Cincinnati gave me like $22,000 signing bonus. And, but in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, cool. I can go and just make this team because I've never not made a team before. Right. I didn't realize the business of the NFL. They had Chad Johnson. They had TJ Hushmanzada. They had Chris Henry. All those, those are your number one, two, and three receivers right there. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I can just kind of outwork one of those guys. Not realizing Chad at the time was making eight, nine million dollars a year. For a receiver, that was crazy. Right. TJ had just got a new contract. He was making like six million dollars, and they had love Chris Henry, six foot five receiver, guy rushed, you know, guy rushed soul who can run. And I didn't know about special teams like that. I knew about it, but I didn't know how important it was in the league. When the need, I should have went to Baltimore, or St. Louis, because they didn't have anybody. Right at that time, yeah. Like a, at the time, it was like it was like a ten thousand dollar difference between what the Bengals were going to give me to what the other two teams were going to give me. And my agent told me, I was like, nah, bro, I need that 20 <laughs> G's, 22,000. Let's go. And I ended up going to Cincinnati and it, it, it was stupid. I, it was stupid by me because I probably would have had a long career had I went to Baltimore or St. Louis because I would have had a legit shot to be in that rotation of receivers. And, you know, I lost my way when I got there. You try to be a guy who comes in and you want to fit in and you start doing all this crazy stuff. I'm like, um. I'm not a drinker, so I never, like, did drugs or drank or anything like that. But I partied. I spent money that I kind of really didn't have but had but didn't shouldn't have been spending it. $22,000. I mean, <laughs> you got that. It's a signing bonus, right? right. And it's like, you know, you, you get on and you kind of get a little salary. And, you know, you're making some money. And my, my my vice, my thing was the ladies. Like, I love the ladies. And so <laughs> I was, like, no lie, I was, like, flying – you know, like the whole Biggie song, her flight leaves at eight, her flight lands at nine. Like I'm flying one out of CVG, getting in the car, shooting to Dayton, picking up one from Dayton, bringing them back to, I was living in Covington, Kentucky. And so that I was spending more time with the ladies than I was in my playbook. Mm. And like week eight or nine of the season, they were like, yeah, we're going to let you go. And I, and it wasn't because I was bad. I wasn't great, but I wasn't bad. 
again, this was learning the business of the, of the National Football League. We had a rash of injuries at linebacker, of active linebacker guys. They were like, well, we need to make room on the rosters to, to get these guys in here. And he was like, you happen to be the low man on the totem pole. Right. And I was let go. It was the first time in my life that I ever been cut from anything that I seriously had done in sports. And it, 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 it messed me up. It, it really did mess me up because I didn't know. Like, the thing that messed me up was I didn't know how to fix low men on a totem pole, right? If you tell me I'm too slow, I go train to get faster. If you tell me I'm too weak, I go train to get stronger. If you tell me I'm too dumb, I study harder. But when you just tell me I'm a low man on a totem pole, I don't know how, I don't know how to fix it at the time. And it, it, it messed me up like mentally a, a lot. And I was embarrassed uh, because, you know, you, you guys are Jersey guys. You, got, you had all the naysayers in the hood of like, oh, he'll be back. He won't make it. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, are they right? Are they right about me? Mm. Am I going to, like, I, am I going to end up back in Roselle on the block like, like, like they said I would? So I tucked my tail and I ran in North Carolina and I lost everything. I lost everything. I had no money. I had nothing. I had app. So when I say, like, I wasn't rich, broke. You know how you got rich, but like, oh, yeah, we're, we're down $10 million. We're like, broke. no, 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 no. I was like calling the back of the debit card like, you have $22.32 you know, in your account. And I did what all young, stupid athletes do who don't know no better. Initially, when I got my little money, I ran to the dealership and got a car. And um, I couldn't... I, when I say I was broke, I couldn't pay the insurance on my car. I was living on, I was living at a friend's house on a futon in Durham, North Carolina. And I got pulled over one night. I had to get a job. I had to get a job. I was a security, like, mall cop. I did read that. Cop. I read that. Oh, my God. I, I hated that. Like, I had a stupid clip-on tie. And I worked <laughs> from 11 at night to 7 in the morning. And then I worked from – I trained from 7.30 to 9.30. And then I went to work at T-Mobile from 10 to 3 every day. And I got pulled over one night going to work and I had no insurance on this car. Oof. And thank God the lady cop was like, where you live? I'm like literally two blocks back up this way. So she didn't tow my car, but she made me turn around. She followed me home and took the license plates off the car. Oh, wow. So, and like, she was like, you know, when you get your insurance, you can come back and get these license plates. And I was like, okay, but I got to get to work. So as soon as she pulled off, I stole a license plate off another car in the parking garage in the parking deck and just put that on the front of the car. So here I am riding around in a car who doesn't have any insurance and with a stolen license plate. So yeah, that's how bad it was. That's to go the, do a security job. <laughs> go do, to go do a security job. Right. <laughs> wow. How ironic is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's very ironic. So, all right. So obviously it's rock bottom for Jesse Holly at the time. Yeah. Fourth and long comes along. Yeah. T- tell me how that like, where did you hear about it? What, what did you do? Like, what was the process like? You know, how did you, uh, how did you get linked up with that? Keith, tell them how we got linked up with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm at work, right? I'm, I'm at the security job and my phone rings and it's a guy by the name of Kevin Best. Kevin Best was the PR guy at Carolina. I've been there like 25 years and he calls me. He says, Jess, how you doing? It's Kevin Best. He's like, listen, man, some people called me about this show. They didn't give me much information, but they, they asked me that I know anybody who had the ability to play on Sundays and the personality to be behind a camera. So he said, I, I just gave him your information and I wanted to call you and tell you that I gave him your information. You might be hearing from them soon. So I'm like, the hell are you talking about KB? Like, what are you talking about? Like what, sh- what show, right? This is, this is 2008, so, 2008. Mm-hmm. So like 
you got a little bit of reality TV. You know, you got real world. It's on the come up. It's on the come up. Yeah. Right. It's on the. It's not like it is now. Like it's like it's building. Mm -hmm. It's bubbling. So I'm like, all right, whatever. KB, cool. Thank you, bro. I get a call a couple days later from um, Eight Ball Productions and Spike TV, and they're telling me about this show, and they're being very vague about it. And I'm like, hey, we're going to send some information. What's a good email? Um, can you fill it out and fax it back to us? So I'm like, okay. So I fax it back, and a couple of weeks later, <clears throat> I get a call. And they're like, hey, we're doing these auditions. Um, we're, doing, uh, we're doing auditions in L.A., in Ohio, two in California, and one in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Can you make any of these auditions? I'm like, they're like, it's a two-day audition. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. They're like, which one are you going to come to? I'm like, uh, Orlando. They're like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll put you on. So now I have, I have no clue how I'm getting to Orlando. I have <laughs> zero clue how I'm getting to Orlando. First of all, my, 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 my map skills are all wrong because I should have went to Ohio, which would have been a shorter drive <laughs> in North Carolina than going to Orlando, but I didn't know that. I just said Orlando because that just sound familiar to me. So I, I promised them that I was coming when I told you I was broke. I had zero money, and that's when, for, for me, that's when God started just doing crazy stuff, like, like banana stuff. A couple nights later, I get a call from my godmother. And she's calling to check up on me. Now, let me remind you, I've been lying to people. People are like, hey, how you doing? What's going on with the league? I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. I got some workouts set up. I'm, I'm going to be back in a minute. I'm lying. Mm -hmm. I'm on a futon working a security job with $32 in my bank account and a stolen license plate. Okay? And so she called to check on me. And she's just like, and as the phone conversation ends, she says, hey, do you need to go anywhere? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I, I had a ticket to go see my dad and uh, her son Dylan got sick. She's like, so I never went and I have to use it before I lose it. And I don't, ha I'm not, I don't have anywhere to go. I'm working. If you wow. want it, you can have it. That's crazy. And I'm like, I'm like, well, actually, I need to go to Florida on these days. She said, well, I'll call in the morning and see how much it is to change. It and, you know, I'll give it to you. She called me in the morning. She said, you're good to go. You have, she's like, it, it costs about $150 to change it, whatever. Um, just, you're good. I'm like, thank you. So now I got to play, now, because I'm like, I thought about driving. I said, imagine me driving with this car with still license plates, and I get pulled <laughs> over in, like, the backwoods of Alabama. That ain't going to go too well for a black guy with stolen plates in Alabama in the middle of the night. So I was like, hey, I'm not going to drive. Mm. So now I have, a, I have a plane ride to this, but I have nowhere to stay. So I start thinking, Jess, who do you know in Florida? It comes to me. My fifth grade teacher, this is no <laughs> lie. This is no lie. No lie. My fifth grade teacher, her name is Ronnie Denoya. She used to date my great uncle when I was in fifth grade. Moved to Orlando years ago. She would always call me while I was in college saying, hey, come down to Orlando for spring break. But I'm playing basketball. I'm training. I don't have time. It's like, bring your friends. Bring whoever. So I'm like, let me call Ms. Denoya. I called Ms. Denoya. I said, hey, I'm coming to Orlando at this these dates. I need to I, I, I have an audition at this hotel. She's like, really? I said, yeah. I said, can I come and stay with you? She said, sure. I said, do you know where this is at? She says, it's five minutes from my house. Look at that. Stars aligning again. I said, what? She said, 
No, literally every morning I leave out of my complex and I drive down to the corner and make a right. It's right there. I know exactly where this is at. She goes, absolutely. You can come. She's like, literally, you can walk and be there in 15 minutes or I can just drop you off. I said, thank you. And so I go and I do this audition. It's a two day audition. The first day is like you do some on camera stuff. Mm -hmm. Next day is like um, on the field combine type work. So I go and I do the first day. Um, it's supposed to be like 15 minute increments. I do 45 minutes, my first audition. And the guy's like, I love you. Right. Don't, don't come tomorrow. I'm putting a star by your name. I said, what does that mean? He's like, well, when we go back, all the producers from all the other locations, when we go back to LA, we have stars of people who we think is it. He goes, I think that, I think that you're it. So he goes, you don't have to come tomorrow. Don't even worry about, I, I've read your profile. I've seen your stats. You're good. Don't worry about coming tomorrow. That's crazy. And so I go back home and they're like, wait for the call because it goes from the auditions. And now they were going to break it down to 50 players. I get a call a couple of weeks later and they're like, Hey, you've been selected to be one of the 50 that, that have to come to LA for a week straight to do this kind of sequestered. You had to be sequestered for seven days, go through all these tests and everything. And I'm like, I'm there. I said, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys the truth. I can't afford to get there. I was like, I said, I, I lucked up with Orlando I, I can't afford to get there. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. The 50 that we're taking, we're paying. Like, we're going to pay you to come to there. We're going to house you in the hotel, and we're going to give you $75 a day per diem. My my night boss would not – I needed seven days. He would not give me the time off at all. Not not at all. I, so what I did was I was a supervisor <laughs> of the third shift. I was, third, I was like – I was like, I'm third shift supervisor of the world. <laughs> and so I started pawning my days off. So I'm calling people like, hey, listen, I'll give you my Friday and Saturday night off if you give me your Monday, Tuesday off. Hey, I'll give you my Friday night, Friday, Saturday night, the next week off if you give me your Wednesday, Thursday off. Right? Pawning it. And I got everyone to sign off on it. And he did all me, the right swaps. Yep. He told me, no, hell no, get out of his office. And so I was dating a girl at the time and she said, listen, before you go to work, I had one more meeting with him before I was supposed to go to this trip. She said, come to my house before you go to this meeting in the morning. I mean, before you go to work that night, because you have the meeting in the morning when he came in. She gives me a manila envelope, and she says, here, don't open this until the morning. I said, okay. So night shift comes. It, it, it passes by. I got my 8 o'clock meeting with him in the morning. I go in. I ask him one more time, like, boss, please, 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 please. No, Jesse, get the hell out of my office. Da, 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 da. So I opened the envelope, and she had already typed out a letter of resignation for me. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and you're out. <laughs> and that's it. And she put a sticky note on it and said, trust God. And I'm like, this broad is crazy. How do I quit a job that I don't have any money? To, I can't afford to live without this job. But anyway, I said, well, trust God. And I handed him the, 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 the letter, and I walked out. And I got to the car and I said, I am bugging. I just quit a job and I don't have any money. But YOLO, let's go do it. Let's go. I go and do this audition and I end up being um, one of the 12 that was selected for the show. And then the rest is history. The rest is history, yeah. I win the show. And then at the end of the show, the, the, the producer that I met in Orlando, it comes up to me. He goes, I don't think you know what you just did. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, Remember in our, he said, remember when I called you and I had you send in that information that you had to fax to me? I said, yeah. He said, we had over 100,000 applications sent in. I said, wow. He said, remember when I, I met you in Orlando for that audition? I said, yeah. 
He said, across the five locations, we auditioned over 22,000 people. Out of that 22,000, we picked 50. Out of that 50, we picked 12. Out of that 12, there was one. And that is Mr. Fourth and Long himself, Jesse Holly. I mean, that that is perfect. Perfect. So now, all right. The, 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 the meat and potatoes really are the, like the Cowboys. Okay. They come a calling mm-hmm. 2011 is obviously the season that it all really played out. Des Bryant doesn't play in a game against as he's pointing to the, to the moment that we're about to talk about. Des Bryant doesn't play. You get your shot. Yeah. You got an up and coming gritty quarterback by the name of Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. First of all, that play now, look, I'll be I'll be one thousand percent transparent. I needed you to score. <laughs> like I needed, I needed you. me to score. <laughs> like Romo hits you after breaking ribs and puncturing lungs and all that stuff. He hits you on that. What's the play call? And and did you guys discuss like as this go? Like does he say, "Look, I got you. Here it comes." Or like what? Talk me to that last possession. All right. So let me let me let me start you. Let me start you. From the, from the day, like the day of. <laughs> it was a crazy deal. So we talked about it before. We played the Jets a week before. Right. We lost in like the final point of the game. Revis intercepted a botch. Dez hurt his quad mm-hmm. that game. So he had been in like game time decision all week long. So I was practicing with the ones all week. I'm like, this is my chance. This is it. You know, like, and if any athlete ever tells you, like you never want anyone to get hurt, but you ain't never mad when they get hurt at your position. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I, I'm like, I hope Dez okay, but I hope Dez doesn't play, right? I'm like, <laughs> I want him to be okay. He'll be fine. Let's get you on the field. I just need to get a couple reps in to get my name out there. So I'm with the ones in 11 personnel all week, right? Mm-hmm. So we get into the game. This is this is all week. I'm with the. I'm like. I'm. I'm. This is it. I'm telling my people like this is it. I'm. I'm in there. Eleven personnel. I'm in there with the ones. I'm. I'm ready to go. Right before the game starts, my wide receiver coach walks up to me and another kid named Kevin Ogletree. Ogletree, please. Yep, I love Ogletree. And he goes. Um, he goes. Ko, you're gonna play the Y in eleven personnel. Da, 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 da. I'm like, wait. I was playing the wide 11 personnel. Oh, no. I was playing the wide 11 personnel. What does that mean for me? And he's talking to KO like I'm not, like all of six foot three, 220 pounds, brother standing right there. And he said, we're going to have Dwayne Harris play your position. And I'm like, you mean Dwayne Harris, the guy who can't line up right all we can practice? <laughs> <laughs> and when I tell you I'm hurt, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm crying in the pregame. Like, I'm, oh, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm so upset, I'm crying. And John Kittner comes up to me, and he says, what is your problem? I said, Kit, what do I have to do to show them that I am ready for this moment? Like, I, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean what's wrong with me? Like, I've been working my tail off. I know that I'm ready. I'm better than everybody that they're trying to put in front of me. He's like, do you have a uniform today? And I said, yeah. He said, then you have an opportunity to impact this game and help us win a football game. I'm just like, ah, whatever, but I want to be – so the game is happening, right? Jason Witten is balling. He has over 100 yards. Miles Austin's balling. He has over 100 yards. Tony Romo's wheeling and dealing, doing his thing. Now, this is the same team, if I believe, that 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 particular team ended up going to Super Bowl that year. Oh, they lost yeah. to the Giants. Right. Okay. So they yeah. had a really good squad, right? They had they Alex Smith and they had Kaepernick, but they, their mm-hmm. defense was legit. They mm-hmm. had monsters on their defense. Yeah. So the game's going on, and Dwayne 
like he did all week in practice, lining up wrong, running the wrong routes, all game long. So finally we get to the fourth quarter. It's a tight game. And Coach Garrett, like, I'm standing – and I'm always standing next to my wide receiver because like, I'm going to go in any moment. I'm, I'm hoping. And Coach goes, get Dwayne the F out the game. So he looks at me and said, Holly, go get him. And so the first two plays that people never – I caught two slants in yeah. that game that if I don't catch these passes, we don't have a chance to win this game because it's third down. Right, punt. right. And one of them, damn it, on, I, I got picked it up off the dirt. Well, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, the big catcher. I'm like, but these two catches were great. <laughs> so as we're, we're doing this, we're getting the game, Miles comes back to the huddle and he goes – I'm done. What do you mean you're done? He goes, my hamstrings are shot. Oh, I can't no. run. So I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, we don't have Dez. If you don't go, like, what are we going to do? Like, we can't win this game without you or Dez. Right? right. Like, he's like, I don't got it, bro. So I'm like, oh, my God. So then... He catches one more pass, and we kick a field goal. It's, it's like tied. We go into overtime. So we lose the toss. They get the ball first. Mm-hmm. We get a stop. So now I'm like, this is what John Kittner said. I'll have an opportunity to impact this game. Colts getting ready to call a punt block. Let's go ahead, and I'm going to block this punt and recover the punt. He calls punt safe. I'm like, come <laughs> on, coach. So we get it. Fair catches it. Boom. Now, there's a play when you watch Tony before we actually go out to do the while the defense is on the field. He calls me over and he like you see him like touching my shoulder pads. Yep, 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 yep. Shaking my head. I have no idea what he said. Because <laughs> no the entire time, I know Miles is out, I know Des is out, and I'm telling Romo, I'm like Tony, I'm ready. Every time he opens his mouth, I go, I'm ready, I'm ready, Tony, I'm ready, I'm ready, to- I'm ready, I'm ready, man. Let's go, I'm ready. So we we get the ball. I'm standing next to him because I want to make sure I hear the play clearly. Right. Jason and his conservative ASS calls <laughs> 585 Harveys. It's a route that we run that people know we're going to run. It's the, it's the staple in the Jason Garrett offense. Tony like kind of limps over and he's like, Fuck. <laughs> and he goes, all right, guys, let's win this game. So he's like twins, right? Something, something Z poker. Wait, so Tony changed the play? Changes the play in the huddle. Oh, my. He Willie beaming it. Oh, my George, goodness. George, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, Brad. Go ahead. Dude, uh, this is – this. I'm on the edge of my seat right now. <laughs> me too. Love, first of all, this is – every fan is watching the game is always saying, why the hell is Garrett calling this shit? <laughs> like, you, like you, we're even predicting it. Then Romo comes, calls the fucking changes to play. He calls the annexation of Puerto Rico. Great. <laughs> I swear to God. So he comes in. He's like, he's like, F the guy. Let's go win this game. Now I'm, I'm at 585 Harvey is what I'm standing right next. I can hear it in his microphone. Uh-huh. In his and he goes, F the guy. Let's go win this game. And he goes, twins, right? Whatever it was. And the play is called Z poker. Now this, this particular play it, it's it's a run play and it goes kill to Z poker. If you go listen to the audio, you hear him say kill, 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 kill. Now it's a run play first. If we get the look that we want, we're taking the shot. Which means if it's two high safeties, we're gonna run it. 
Mm-hmm. But if it's one high safety, we're going for the gusto. Mm. And this particular play is like the Z poker, right? It's it, And they call it poker um, because you kind of want to, like when you're playing poker, you want to have a poker face on, but then you want to kind of kill them. Yeah. So it's like I jog off, like I'm going to block the safety, the down safety. And then once they bite, I jerk and I take off. So it's a run play first. And then you hear him go kill, 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 because you start seeing the safety do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Creeping and up. But when we broke the huddle, right? You, like you ever have a moment where something happens and you, and you like it hits you, you go, hold up. This is my play. Like this is this is <laughs> it's a Miles Austin play. It's literally was made for Miles Austin. But he was out. So and this play is it's the Z poker all the way, and if it's not there, throw it out of bounds, we'll play second down. Mm. Like it's all it's a it's a all or nothing play. So I'm like, oh snap, he called on the Z. Oh, let's go. <laughs> so I line up and I'm watching this tape and I'm just like, it's happening. He's coming on down. <laughs> and so now you, you, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the kill call. Sure enough, you hear him. Go watch the play. You listen, listen to it. You'll hear kill, 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 kill. I'm like, whoa, let's go. <laughs> and that's creeping down. And so I kind of jog off. Great play fake between him and Tashar Choice. And that safety shoots the gap. And it was, it's if you follow cowboy football, one of the biggest things that we always argue, we always fuss about is running the ball on first downs, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we always run the ball on first down <laughs> under Jason mm-hmm. Garrett. So it worked out for us in this particular in this particular moment. Safety bites, boom, I go and I'm like, I'm running. Now I know I'm open. And I never thought about I'm like, I'm not dropping the ball. That's not what I do. But I'm like, damn it, Tony, throw the ball. Where's the ball? I'm like, I'm running, I'm like, where's the ball? Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Now. It's a particularly hot day in San Francisco. It was like 85 degrees in San Francisco that day. And like, and like we said, uh, Keith was in attendance. Go I ahead. Yeah, go ahead. It was a pretty hot, right? It was hot that day. You know what? I had a nice breeze hitting me, so it wasn't as hot for me. But yeah. Hot on the field. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And now I, I, I ended up playing kind of more snaps than I normally am used to playing. So I'm a little bit gassed. So as this ball is coming over, I see it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I catch it, and I'm like, run, Jess, run, run. And I'm running, but I can hear Dante Whitner coming. I can hear him like, <laughs> mm, 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 mm. And now I'm like running, I'm running, I'm running. And now I already know, I'm like, I've hit top speed. <laughs> now, there's two things going in my head. One, I hope I'm at enough of a top speed where I can cruise into this end zone. Two, I pray that he stops running. I pray that he just gives up. Because yeah. I'm like, once I get to that max, I'm like, and, and people think I was like, show, but like, when I hold the ball out like that, I'm trying to maximize everything that I got. I was so worried about a Leon Lett situation, dude. You have no, no idea. I knew, he, I knew he was coming and I can hear him. I can hear him breathing, like grunting, breathing. And I'm like, Please just stop. Please just stop. And I see the crowd like in front of me getting up and, and I'm yelling. And I'm like, come on, Jess. Come on, Jess. Come on. <laughs> and to the point now where I can hear him, hear him harder, harder, like breathing down my throat. And so people think I'm like showboating by holding the ball up. No, I'm praying that when he grabs me, I can just fall forward with the ball out and it mm-hmm. goes past the goal line. But it didn't. And I got tackled at the one yard line. And, and for me, that moment was such a great moment. And people see me get up and they see me like kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm actually praising God. I'm, I'm no lie. I'm, I'm like screaming mm-hmm. glory. Thank you, Father. I'm not worried of this moment because 
for me, everything I, everything that I did my first try in the league, I, I was bugging. Mm. And I would have made everything about me. And people always ask me, Jesse, how come there was never a season two of Fourth and Long? We had, we had the highest rated show on Spike mm. TV, Fourth and Long. We had one of the top uh, reality TV shows in all of TV. I said, that was God's way of showing me that he could do something for me, specifically for me. Just for you. I was just going to say that. Me. And so in that moment, it was like, okay. And I was look at it, I'm like, God could have put it, he could have made Fourth and Long for the Bengals, or for the Browns, for Jacksonville, like they need the publicity, right? Like, right. Kind of like, oh, fourth, like uh, uh, hard knocks. The Cowboys, you don't, but he made it for the most recognizable franchise in the world. And I have this moment, it's like, all right, in this moment, will you do, will you praise yourself again like you did the first time around, or will you give me the credit? And that's why you see me having that moment because I was like, this is, I know this moment is, is not me. This is God blessing me for this moment. And that's why you see that. No, I was. Entire time, I'm like, and the camera can't, it can't get off of me because I'm the star of that moment. And it was so great because I had that historical moment and I took away from no one else. Tony Romo still threw for three touchdowns, like over 200 yards. Even John Kittner came in and threw for over 100 say, yards. Yeah, he played that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Witten had over 100 yards. Miles also had over 100 yards and three touchdowns in that game. Everybody did their thing. And it was just like, little old me came in and I had that moment. And it was just like, it, it was one of those things. I was well, dude, I got to be honest with you, though, man. I mean, especially amongst Cowboys fans, I would have to say Bill Bates would be number one, and you're right at number two for the Rocky Award. Yeah. yeah. You, know what I mean? like, you know, people yeah. that follow your career and people that uh, know your story, I mean, you know, especially fans. I mean, we, when you came on, it was like rock when Rocky came in, that got, got the, you know, when you came in, I remember watching the game going. Yeah, yes, because like we we always knew you had heart because we we watch, when you watched the show. And by the way, I know you had a lot of Italian American influences in your life, but you know all three of us are Italian. <laughs> we love it. We love when that guy is, mm-hmm. is taking on guy. We love that. You should have saw. You should have saw us riding that Ben Denucci train. I Jesse. When you got in the game, man, I remember fucking going. Yeah, I was at a, I was at a bar. I was on the road, and and I mean, it was just that moment where 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 Rocky Rocky went the distance. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was. Yeah, like, I was gonna say, uh, Jesse. That's the thing too. There, uh, uh, you had a lot of uh, I think cowboy fans there, like myself, who I knew you could get the job done at the stadium. So you had that positive energy filtering as well, man. Yeah, had ne- never never doubted it, man. And that was the last game at Levi. Yeah. Right? So when it yeah. closed Levi down, Jay Holly, right? And it, it, it was and it was a, it was such a great, great moment um, for me because it just was like you know all the hard work, everything that you've been through, and it, it like it culminated to that moment. And even in that day, it was like, damn, like you know what what more do you have to prove? And it still wasn't enough, right? Because to the very next week, <laughs> LeRon Robinson comes. Like to this day, I, I make the joke. Like Laron Robinson stole my thirty-two million dollars like, to this day. Like I say it jokingly, but I mean it wholeheartedly. I've, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> because if you go back and look at that year, right? Laron Robinson—he didn't play the first two weeks because he had, he was injured. And mm-hmm. I'm like, who is this guy that's come in? And he had eleven touchdowns that year. Seven or eight of them were just like Tony Romo scrambling, doing some hokey pokey stuff, and Laron like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. And then he went on to Jacksonville, five years, $32 million, like $15 million. Guaranteed. I remember that, man. I remember him getting paid. I was like, what? <laughs> I 
think two games out of that entire contract had concussion issues and never played again. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm like, so he walked out of there with 15 plus million dollars. And I'm like, that was supposed to be my money. But it, <laughs> you know, at the time, I'm like, Thank God he didn't give me that fifteen million dollars because I probably would have been like sniffing coke in Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> do fifteen million dollars. I got, I got a question. Oh, go ahead, bro. No, you go, bro. Go, go, go. Well, I'm not going to change. Just when you growing up, what was your favorite football team? I'm just curious. Was it the Giants or the Seahawks? The Seahawks. No, I didn't have. I didn't have. I didn't Seahawks. Have Where'd you come up with that? Oh, oh where were you? You were you were born in Jersey? Yeah. Born and raised in Jersey. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> He's probably talking about Stanbeck again. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I was doing that. I was feeding you, man. I was feeding you. <laughs> that is so funny, dude. Oh, my God. How great is that? All right. Let's see. Growing up in New Jersey, were you a Giants fan or a Toronto Argonaut fan? <laughs> Jesse, bro, what a fantastic, fantastic story. And before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Oh, what, what's up, Brett? Go ahead, Brett. It was, about, it was about Romo. I wanted to ask him, though, um, because, you know, now we watch Romo. Hold on, Brett, hold on, hold on, Brett, before you ask this question. So let me tell you how, how the night ended. So all this great stuff happens, right? Tony, broken rib, puncture one. We get on the plane. And Tony, the veteran guys always got a chance to sit at the back, right? They had the big area in the back of the table they play cards and so on and so forth and tony's hurting he's hurting he's at this point in time he's like doped up on whatever drugs they have given him after the game for the pain and so i walk to the back of the plane to get something and as i'm walking back right this was like a great moment and i'm walking back and tony's like in the he's like in the aisle seat like legs stretched out like he's just trying to find a comfortable spot and i kind of like tap him on the side he pulls his headphones back and i said I said, man, let me ask you a question. He said, what's up? I said, why did you change the play? Like, like, why did you change the play? And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, you told me you were ready. He put his headphones back on. Wow. Wow. That's like, and he said, you told me you were ready. And so it was like, it was that moment. I was like, okay, that that's, that's dope. Right. Yeah. It, like, literally he just, that's all he said, put his headphones back on, kind of went back into his little slumber and I walked to my seat and because I was telling him prior to that play, like, I'm ready. Like, whatever you call, I'm ready. Like, let's go. Like, just whatever. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready. And he said, you told me you were ready. So that's crazy. Brad, what's up? Well, no, I was going to say, like, now that he's in the booth and, and the whole world knows how, how much he knows football. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think if Garrett gave him, I mean, when they were calling the plays during those times, and this is just me as a fan yelling at the TV, was a lot of that Garrett's play calling? Or do you feel like if if Tony should have had more reign to to have more say in the offense, or did he have enough say in the offense? He he didn't have enough say in the offense. Mm. He did. I'll tell you for I, I will tell you, and this is factual. This is not something I heard. It's something I've literally lived and been a part of. Ch- Tony changed fifty percent. Oh my god. Like in the huddle, at the line of scrimmage, no lie. That's, I mean, look, so like, like, wow. like what, whatever success that you want to say the Cowboys had, like especially like when Tony like really got into his bag, like really got into like being comfortable. Tony changed the play so much because we were so predictable under Jason Garrett. We were. Like forty-five to fifty percent of the time, Tony was changing the play, whether it be in the huddle or at the line of scrimmage, to give us any chance. 
at like having a successful play on any given down. Like that it is, was a lot. That is that insane. He was changing plays. And it wasn't because he was just like being just this defiant person. The dude was smart. He saw a lot of football and he knew like, like it's tough to be in games. And I, I've been in games where whether I was in the game or standing on the sideline and, uh, and here to hear a DB go, Oh, plus two split. You know, that just means on the, you know, where the numbers are at two yards outside of the call that plus two. Oh, plus two split. Here comes the Harvey route. And we're like, God damn, we run the Harvey route for real. <laughs> and they were calling out the plays. Wow. Oh, right. Two by two, two by two. Here comes the option route to Witten. I'm like, they, we damn sure did call Y option. And they're, and they're calling the plays out like before they even happened. It was that, oh, 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 in motion. He's in the game, motion, motion. Here comes the crack block. They're running the tall sweep. I'm like, damn, we are running the tall sweep. <laughs> and so there Christ. were the times like, you come out of the holiday, he's like, this is not going to work. Check, 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 check. And he has to change it. Wow. Because they were just like sitting on it. And so a lot of times his improvisation was the only thing that was going to be get, well, give us a true opportunity to be competitive in any football game. Now, granted, he wasn't right all the time. Mm. But he wasn't wrong all the time either, right? You know what I'm saying? It was like when you do stuff like that, you're going to guess wrong sometimes. That's the chess match in football. But had he not done it, we would have been – more wrong with the original play call had we run that than the percentage of, of what he was wrong when we changed it. We were we were more successful, a higher percentage of the time being successful in the play call change than we were not successful in the play call change because mm, of Tony. That's insane. Now, now again, an amazing, amazing story, Jesse. But again, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this to wrap things up. You're just talking about Tony Romo and and the way he he you know manages a game and he's the he's the guy and he looking he's one of our favorites if not my favorite quarterback in history of this team, but now you have a guy in Dak Prescott. Does this deal get done in your opinion before it gets even uglier? Um, I, I guys, I'm gonna be honest with you. I hope, I really do hope, uh, because when you look at the Cowboys since Troy Aikman left. You hadn't had much success picking a quarterback, Mm-mm. right? You kind of lucked up on, on on Tony Romo. Thank God for Bill Parcells and Sean Payton for being able to see a guy who has some talent and be able to, you know, to, to cultivate that and turn it into something because people feel like Jason Garrett didn't build Tony Romo. Like, he got his foundation from Bill Parcells and Sean Payton. Thank right. God for those guys being able to pour into him early on in his career. And then you lucked into Dak Prescott. Like, think about the process of Dak Prescott. He was behind Kellen Moore. Right. It took a Tony Romo back injury and a Kellen Moore broken ankle to even birth Dak Prescott. So there isn't much success at picking quarterbacks in the Cowboys history in the last 25 years mm-hmm. after Troy Aikman. At this point in time, I don't know what the holdup is. Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody the does. Cowboys, the Cowboys have to come to the realization that they lost. Okay, the front office has to realize you gambled, and and you don't get to be Jerry Jones and the wealth that he has accumulated over the time without being a gambler. But also, you know, for every Floyd Mayweather ticket that he shows us that he won a hundred thousand dollars, I'm sure there's three or four of them that he lost two hundred thousand dollars. Right. Right. So this is the the difference is that Floyd gets to show us the one that he won and not show us the one that he lost. Jerry doesn't have that luxury. So we get to see the one that he actually won, 
But this is the one you got to take on the chin and say, hey, buddy, you lost. You gambled three years ago when you could have had him at $25 million a year and you didn't get it done. And then you gambled it again last year when you could have had him, you know, signed earlier for what he wanted and, you know, ended up getting hurt and you saw what life was like without him. My biggest thing is, even with the Russell Wilson situation, right, the, the, the level of gymnastics that would ha- I mean, I'm talking Dominique Dawes. I'm talking, <laughs> I, I'm talking Mary Lou Retton-type gymnastics that have to be pulled off to bring a guy like Russell Wilson here. And then you're still in the same spot that you're in before, not being able to have the, the thing that you need because you're going to have to give up draft picks. Right. Yeah, it's just that Russell Wilson thing was was dead when I saw it, and it was dead. You know what I mean? Like, it was just hearsay. The Russell Wilson thing is equivalent of if your girl's not kind of acting right, you're liking some other girl's pictures on Instagram to kind of get her attention. All ages do is say, the Cowboys are interested. Like, that's all they do. It's, it's a ploy to get the team to go, wait, the Cowboys are interested, and now they get, the, you know, get them to move. And it's, it's, it's a play by the agent. But even mm-hmm. if you decided that you were going to, like, let Dak Prescott go and – Draft the quarterback at number 10. You don't have the time for that. Mm-mm. It's going to take a, a rookie quarterback at least three years. Yeah. To kind of get this team, this do. team as assembled right now is win now. You know, like the, now, we're not, right? listen, like, don't get me started on this. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry, Brad. We're in a dumpster. We're in a dumpster, dumpster of a division. <laughs> we finished yeah. eight and eight and couldn't get the job done. The yeah. even when that so, was healthy. We need it. We I don't know what the hell the problem is. That's what I said. That's my biggest <laughs> annoyance. It's like, you know, you're sick, but you can't figure out what the hell is wrong with you. Yeah. But when you know that you're sick, you know that all right, I got tested and this isn't the problem. Like, that's not the problem. Right. So like, you're if, saying if, by if eliminating. Like, no, no. I, I know that's not the problem. But no, no, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying the process of elimination is when, when, when you're sick and you can't find out what's wrong, you start by process. All right, let's do. A CAT scan. Let's do an MRI. Let's right. let's start eliminating things off the list. All right. Let's cross off Dak. He's not the problem. Okay. So if, if if we're if we're sorry or not being able to get to a point, let's start finding out what the problem is. It ain't four. Mm-hmm. It ain't him. Agreed. And so no, it's not. Have- but but I I think he was offered a pretty fair contract, one hundred and seven million guaranteed. I think the only difference was in he don't, he don't, he wanted a shorter contract. Right. So I mean, I mean, they, it's not like they insulted him when they offered him a contract. He was going to be the highest paid player in NFL history, and then he felt he deserved more because other guys were going to get more. Well, which, it, in reality, I don't want to be Carson Wentz. I don't want to have a damn uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Jared, the oh. Redskins, Kerry Collins. We don't want uh, what was his name, Keith? Oh, uh, Kirk Cousins. No, oh, Kirk yeah, Cousins. We, we, but I'm saying is that, like, you know, I don't know, man. But here, wait, okay, so from a business perspective, and I, and I love to have this conversation because as a former player, I, I get where the player comes from. And then as someone who – I own a very small business here in Texas, so I kind of understand a little bit about business. So the, the thing that I always look at is, yeah, you want to give me a, a five-year deal, right? Because the, what you know is is that this TV money is getting ready to hit, and so you want to lock me up with this TV money before – it hits, right? So my, my biggest thing is, is from Dak's perspective is, no, I, I, I want to be able to eat twice. Right. I want to eat mm-hmm. twice. And so sometimes fans, they, they keep their fan hat on, and I mean, it's snug tight, and they don't take it off and put their business hat on. From a business perspective for, for, for Dak Prescott is, this, I, 
I don't have to take a team discount or anything less than what I want. Because the thing about Dak Prescott is he has played his way to a hundred million dollar deal one way or another, whether it's in Dallas or somewhere else. Right. He's not not pressed for money. What's up, bro? He's not pressed for money because think about it. Don't even count this year, right? All he's made. If you let's count this year, this past year, he's already made a hundred million dollars between endorsements. Right. He's made a hundred million dollars. Right. For that, he's saying, "I, I don't have to move off my stance. Either yeah, but see, just I, but this isn't a this isn't a, a fan hat. What this is from a business perspective is saying, okay, as a person that's not in in sport, I, and but I am in the entertainment business. You look at the person, you understand what their motivation is. So he wants to eat twice on top of the endorsement money, correct? Which yeah. is great. We, but I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of whoever is with the Dallas Cowboys of the team. So right. my my thing is this is that you know you're going to eat with endorsements. You're already eating with endorsements, mm-hmm. okay? Jerry Jones was saying, look, they wanted to give him a six-year contract. Mahomes got 10. So now you're telling me that, in my opinion, I think he's a good quarterback, maybe above great. I wouldn't put him top five in the league right now. But you think you deserve top five quarterback money when, at the same time, Mahomes showed it. Hey, give me the 10 years. I'll take all that. You know, he showed I'll be with the Kansas City Chiefs. We all understand at this point, I think Dak is operating Dak's best interest. And that's fine. He should. I mean, this, you know, you're an adult and you're a professional. But at the same time, you can't be giving him all that money and keep Zeke, which I think we overpaid for, you know. And, And, you know, there's other players. Now we have cap problems. Hell, if Tom Brady can spend his whole career never being the highest paid quarterback in the NFL and winning all those Super Bowls. See, see that, that that's the one person that people bring up and people fail to realize what Tom Brady did as a as so okay. So while Tom Brady may not have ever gotten the whole mm-hmm. contract right. money guaranteed. Yeah. What where Tom Brady won in the long term is Tom Brady, his, his whole TB12 establishment, it's on the grounds of where Gillette Stadium is. Have you ever been to Gillette Stadium and that that whole surrounding area? That's where TB12 was at. So guess, guess who guess They who gave him property? <laughs> guess who pays nothing for that? That's great. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, all right, give, I'm going to give you a discount here, but you're going to take care of me over here. Okay, but can I ask you this? But can I ask you that? Does he get that discount when he didn't get drafted for Michigan? Or do they give him that discount after what? His fourth Super Bowl? All I'm saying, dog, is you cannot miss the playoffs and demand and sit there and say, okay, look at my stats. Because our defense, by the way, is is and has always been our Achilles heel. And, and, you know, Dak, Dak has a lot on his shoulders, too. It's not like I don't we all love the kid, man. I just personally think he should have taken that contract because he got pretty damn lucky too that uh, Dalton didn't blow it up because now his stock goes down. So now they're at even right now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a reset because when he broke his ankle, we were crying. I'm like this poor kid, man. Right. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I was was the same way, but Andy had an opportunity to to show and prove and he didn't. 
No, I'm saying hurt. I'm not saying Andy's the answer. I'm saying if he did well this year, right. that could have hurt, hurt Doc. So he rolled right. the dice on himself. You know what I'm saying? And now we're back to zero odds again. What, what, Go ahead. No, Jesse, I think what what we're we're afraid of as Cowboy fans is we give Dak so much money that we're not able we're going to fill these other holes. We ain't been filling these holes, and we ain't giving the money. What what we we haven't filled these holes when you were paying him two million dollars a year. Very true. Fill those holes, like you know. So right. my, that's my thing. Is like, all right, take a team discount. What are you going to do? The thing with the the thing with Jerry in the front office has always been is he doesn't want to truly fill holes. He wants to fill seats. Okay. So instead of going to get the people who are going to help us win, he goes to get the people and pay the people that's going to help put seats. That's why all. Look at all the guys who really get the money. They're all they're, they're offensive guys, and, and they're guys who kind of can sell tickets. All right, Jesse, you're reconfirming what we say on this show all the time. So my question to you is this, and I'm getting back to my original thing with the diagnosis, right? So you're diagnosing the team. And, again, we know Dak is definitely not the problem. He's actually one of the bright spots, right? right. Um, what the f- what the hell is – what is going on with the team then? Because you're looking at the talent, okay? We have the talent on paper, right? Which I'm I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I'm, I'm not for paying this big money anymore. Bringing the guys like those – we have the two – our two favorite linebackers. Um, <laughs> Jalen and Van Der Esch. Go ahead, damn. No, no, come on. You know, the other two we always talk about. Oh, are you? We talk about the kids that we like. Joe Thomas. We oh, yeah, we love Joe. Tom, we're big Joe Thomas guys, and we're big. Uh, we want Francis Bernard a couple more reps, but yeah, these these kids ball it out because they they're like you, man. There's, there's a, when they get on the field, you see the heart. What do you think the problem Kansas City is? has two of our linebackers <laughs> who we said couldn't play here? Anthony Hitchens. Uh, I love Hitch, man. Me too, man. Hitchens and 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 Wilson. Right, well, Damian Wilson, that's right. Diagnose it, though. Diagnose it for me, man. What What is the problem? Yeah, put a bow on this. The, the problem is, is that we don't put a premium on football players. We put a premium on football ticket sellers. Jalen Smith was a great story. A great story. And I, I think he actually broke a finger trying to sign the contract as fast as he possibly could when he's offering him money. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, what, oh, a new deal? Sure, yeah, what, what? He signed it in crayon. It's so fast. He just grabbed for <laughs> his hands on. Like, why do we keep drafting? We Our last three linebacker draft picks, high draft pick, have all been injured. Sean Lee, Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith. All three of them. What the hell? We, why do we keep drafting injured players to play defense at that position, right? And... and, and what what happens? Jalen Smith can't move, and we 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 have cre- Dallas has created a culture, and I am a recipient of this culture. When I was with the Cowboys, right, I was a jack, right. I was just another guy. I wasn't a superstar. I was. I didn't do enough to warrant the attention that I got. I'm an honest person. Okay, I, I was a jack. I made forty thousand dollars in the off season from autograph signings. And I was a jack. There is this premium put on the brand, your brand. And you're still there. You're still rocking with the Cowboys. And I'm still getting Like, I feel like, who said it? I think Jerry Jones said it. Like, you know, Jason, I've been paying the the Garrett family for like the last 20-something years. You've been paying the Holly family in some way, (laughs) shape, or form for the last 10 years. I'm still eating off of being a jag from the Dallas. 
you would not be talking to me if I wasn't, if it wasn't for that star on that helmet back there. Right. Right. And so now you have all these players who it's about the brand. We don't have like players who care about the craft. Even now, like you got uh, uh, Tank Lawrence tweeted out something the other day and was saying something about the hot boys, something, something, something. It was like a picture of all hot boys. What the hell have you got? But in their minds, they're like, yeah, we're the ish. You had historically the worst defense in the National Football League last year. Exactly. Nothing was hot about <laughs> you me. but hot trash. You <laughs> yeah. got Jalen Smith to saying, oh, watch the tape. No, we watched it. You got your butt handed to you Bro. week in and week out. Dude, Je- Je- I'm not I say that all the time. Hey, Jesse's about to be Jesse's about to be the fourth Jersey boy going forward. But go ahead. <laughs> this is the culture that's been created, and when your leaders, when your leaders, your J- your Jalen Smiths and your Tank Lawrence's and those guys are perpetuating this culture, you don't get guys who care about the game. All right, because Jesse. there's no way in hell you can play the way that you played this year and have anything to say oh about that. Dude, listen, 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 man. This is all I yell about, exactly what you're saying. <laughs> so here's the thing. But I think this culture. is a generational thing too, man. That's right? a culture. Well, because when we were playing ball, and, and our influences, I always say I'm very thankful I was my grandparents were such an influence on us, but they were that World War II generation where you got to have pride in your work. And, and this is what I talk about all the time. You can't be trying to brand yourself on Instagram and, and and you ain't doing shit. And and it, you gotta you bring that lunch pail to work, right? You, you know you gotta have pride in what you do. But you so do you think this is a generational to, thing now too? You don't have to do that in the show called the Dallas Cowboys. You mm. just have to put the uniform on. If That's unfortunate. We're going to sell, and that has been the problem. We have more ticket sellers, brand brand sellers than we do football players. Like I, I'm not. I'm, like Xavier Woods said this year that you shouldn't have to go 100 miles an hour every play. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, what? Yeah. what? What? And then and then and then we watch you get run by. But mm-hmm. again, this this is when that comes out of your mouth. That's what's on your heart and what's on your mind. You truly do believe that. So you tell me, Xavier Woods, when shouldn't you go 100 miles an hour? Because no one knows when the next play is coming your way. So is it this down or the next down or the down after that that you don't go hard that now you're saying, oh, damn, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Oh, 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 I'm not wrapping up for a tackle. This is the culture that is perpetuated here in Dallas. And so until we can get, hopefully now with Dan Quinn and whatever, maybe we can get some, we can get, I want guys like Blake Martinez. Yes. I want guys like that. I want guys who, all they, I want guys like, uh, the litter kid from uh, uh, from the Colts, right? When he said, I don't give a damn who comes here. Here's our standard. That's, yeah, Keith, not, Keith sent that as a group text. That was a big thing, yep. That's you're a not huge thing. do this, don't come here, right? Like, like that, like that is, that is the, that is the standard. So, so wait a minute. He's like, this so, is the standard. So you answer my question that it's not a generational thing. It's just the culture in Dallas. It's the culture that's been set here. And we All haven't right. found the right – think about this. And, and I know the Bennett family personally love Martellus and, and Michael Bennett, right? Good friends of mine. When Michael Bennett came here, he was here for a cup of coffee. 
Mm-hmm. And he became the voice, right? Nate New told me that would have never happened in his day. He said, if a guy came here, you either got with us, there's no way in hell you were going to step in front of Charles Haley, Michael Irvin, Darren Woodson. Bro. You would, you would, what? Bro, you just got here. Michael Bennett came here and all of a sudden he's the voice of the locker room. You go back to our previous podcast. That's exactly what I said to you guys. Exactly what he said. And when I questioned our leadership in the pre and, and before our season, that's the first example I brought up. I was like, who's going to be on this defense? Because Bennett came in and took over that locker room. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's exactly what he's saying. Exactly what I was saying. When you had when you had Dontario Poe, guys are gonna play like Dontario Poe, who didn't want to be here. Ever since, like people just come in and we just kind of just morph into whatever. Like there is no one who is a bona fide. Yeah, I, I love Sean Lee. I think Sean Lee. The quicker Sean Lee can take off the pads and put on coaching khakis, the better his life will be. And the better. That's what I said. That's what I said this year. I just said Sean that Lee two podcasts ago. Sean Lee will be a fantastic coach. Athletes are always the last one to know when we just don't have it anymore. Because in our mind, we just think like, man, we can still do it. If I can just do this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Sean needs, needs to go ahead and put the khaki coaches on, put the headset on, and become a coach. But if that's the one guy who is your leader, he doesn't do enough. Like, he's not on the field enough to really right. impact and overtake what these other guys are doing and saying. And that is a that, that is infectious. You you that 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 is picked up upon – on that defense side of the ball where guys are just like, eh, whatever. Well, I guess I'll show up. And I don't have to show Like, Jalen Smith didn't have to do anything and got a contract. Right, right. What are you going to tell Tank Lawrence? He's already paid. Right. I think Tank Lawrence is still doing a, a really good job, right, at, at what he's doing. But a lot of these guys, they go and make a half See, a million dollars in the offseason in autograph signings. In radio. All right, so look, what, what he also just said, too, to sum it up as well, um, I agree now. I, I see that what could be the problem. Like with Tech Strand, you had Tom Landry, right? You had the guy that was into the branding, coming up with the team, with getting people in the seats, but then you had the guy that was the football guy. Mm-hmm. And then we had the same thing with Jerry Jones, but then you had Jimmy Johnson that was our football guy. Parcells was our football guy. We don't have that football guy no more. Well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, ready, to, I'm not ready to write off Mike McCarthy yet. I'm not. I'm not either. I'm giving Mike McCarthy another opportunity because I think I think for what he does and for what he wants to do, not having a starting quarterback, having to deal with COVID, like literally think about trying to put together a team and the first time you actually get a chance to like physically touch them is training camp. Right. And then in the process, I'm still trying to figure out who are these guys. It's a, it's almost like a he, he he should get a mulligan to be honest. You know what I mean? Like well, has nothing to do with him. I'm not just saying. The I'm not just saying, Brett. Okay, I'm just all right. Enough with the catch, no catch. I get it. I get it. All right, Jesse, my man. Listen, I might have to text RJ Ochoa right after this and say we might need to break this into two podcasts. But, bro, Jesse, it has been an absolute honor and pleasure to have you on. Hear your story. You're so influential. Positive vibes all day, every day. We know you have the Cowboys' best interest at heart. You're working for the squad. You're there. I always tell people. People are like, oh, sometimes you're a hater. I go, here's what you guys don't understand. I want the Cowboys to have success. You know why? Because then you succeed. <laughs> I succeed. Yeah, exactly. Succeed, my paper goes up. Yes. Okay? I get paid more. I get more opportunities to get paid. So 
I, no one wants the Cowboys to have more success than me. I want them to go to the Super Bowl so I can make more money. Absolutely. So I'm telling you, like, I have my own selfish ambitions of why I want the Cowboys. So I'm like, I, I'm, but I'm going to be – the jersey in me won't let me sugarcoat things. Yeah, no. And, listen, you said it. You you forewarned the world when you said you were bringing the fire, and you did today, man. You absolutely, absolutely did. Man. We can't thank you enough. And, of course, uh, you know, on behalf of myself, Brett, and Keith – and the Jersey Boys podcast, man, thank you so much for, Dude, for spitting truth, man. Say, man. You were one of my favorites uh, when, when you were on the team, man. We, we loved, we loved the whole man. underdog thing, and you played with a lot of heart. And, and I, love, I love everything you're saying, man. Um, and hey, I'll by the way, I'll be in well, uh, Port Charlotte this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but on behalf of the Jersey Boys podcast, Jesse, man, continued success with the Cowboys off the field. Let's do it again soon. Man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll Yo, be in touch, on. man. I'll tell – obviously, I don't have to tell you that. I'll tell Grasso you said hello. I'm sure you talk to him every other day. So, I, that you guys, thank you so much again, bro. And we'll uh, – you know, best of luck going forward. Thank you, guys, man. All right. Great. All right, Jesse. Great.